welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. It's the final big week of our Summer Games Fest coverage, where we're taking a big look at the Microsoft and Bethesda showcase, the other bits of Capcom's show, and the new announcements from the world of Final Fantasy VII. Does Starfield impress? Or how about Exoprimal? We shall see. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. So, Robert, I have been playing through the Hot Wheels Jurassic World racing season, mm-hmm. and it has come to my attention that while you have told me uh, that you've loved the Jurassic World Dominion movie, I really asked for your opinion on it. So I figured, what better place than to, to start the show off with that today? How was Jurassic World Dominion? I haven't seen it yet. Um, I guess there's two footnotes to... to before to, to say the opinion, is two footnotes that... A lot of people have different franchises they enjoy. Like, for you, it's Star Wars. For some people, it's a different franchise. It could be this. It could be Transformers. It could be a lot of things. The franchise, I say it's my favorite of all time. Everything about it, I love it, is Jurassic Park. From from the novel to the movies to the video game, everything about that franchise, I love it. I love everything we get about it. And I, I've enjoyed enjoying it. Coming to this mindset... Think about it like this, I don't, I don't hate any of the movies. I enjoy all of them. From like I said, even from people who dislike the third one, which in recent times I've been hearing people say that actually three was really good. I'm like three's always been good. It's always been this good. It's just that like, I don't know. It's it's been like this and that. But for for Dominion, a lot of people, especially movie critics, gave it a negative review, and and some people they felt. Oh, that that they're worried about it's not going to be good. And for me, I never listen to movie critics anyways because I've always noticed that the worst type of combination is when a movie has a high critical review but then a negative audience review. It's sort of like... It, it's terrible because then, you know, people expect these people to be like, oh, they know what they're talking about but then they watch it and they're just like, oh, I, re- didn't, I really just did not enjoy that movie. I don't know what they're talking about. And, you know, it just, it's just a really negative output. So that's what most people thought Dominion was going to be like. It's that, oh, it's a very bad movie and then it's going to be like everyone's going to watch it and they're not going to like it. It's going to be weird or whatever. But from me watching it, I enjoyed it very much. I enjoyed it, like, it's highly up there as, like, one of, probably one of the best sequels that they've ever done, because, another footnote, everyone hates all the Jurassic Park sequels, no matter what they are, it could be just like the first one, or nothing like the first one, and they'll have a problem with it, it's just... See, I never understood that, because I really liked Jurassic World, and I... I, li- I remember liking the second Jurassic World, but I hardly remember that movie because I saw it back when it came out. It, I Was it 2018? Yeah, it was like 2018. It was a couple years mm. back, I think. But I remember, one, like, enjoying those. Yeah, it's like, because it's like this. It's like, you look at, everyone loves the first one, but you ask them, why do you like the first one? Some people, it's dinosaurs. Some other people, it's the story. 
But some people misinterpreted the story. They just think, oh, all the story is is people on an island running away, escaping from dinosaurs. When the plot of Jurassic Park as a whole franchise is control. And that no matter how much we think we're in control and how much we try to contain something, something will always find a way to get released. You're never in control. It's it's all an illusion. There's nothing you can do about it. Like you can like how in the first movie Hammond says, like, yeah, my spare no expense, I you know, put everything on everything. But he only hired like a couple people on the security team and one of them like hacked the system and it's just like you hired one guy for the entire system you can't have anyone else undo it and fix it it's sort of like that's the problem where you think you're in control but you're really not then you get like the second one the second one's just like the first one just obviously more dinosaurs but it's the same type of concept and idea and type of storytelling but people disliked it some for some reason too uh three three was safe bet movie it's the safest you can be and people still didn't like it then you get jurassic world where it's another safe one which it did very well it has a very high review but still nothing compared to the first one then you get something like fallen kingdom and dominion where they're different there's something new there's something that it it would like if the books were to continue this is the path they would have taken and people still didn't like it but as for dominion no spoilers because the movie's still pretty new i won't spoil it uh as a jurassic park fan i enjoyed it very much and i think from someone who i know personally is a bigger jurassic park fan they pretty much said it's the sequel to the first one that like this genuine feels like a genuine sequel that if the second one was to be a book not lost world it would be this one and then i have another friend who 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 was just like i'll give it a a watch and then they watched it and they enjoyed it and then i had another friend and i said yeah like i enjoyed it they watched and they enjoyed so it's just a opinion thing it's sort of just a some people might not like it some people will like it but just because you don't like it doesn't mean that someone who does like it you should like be like oh why do you like it it's like they just like it just like if someone likes it they just yeah. like it it's nothing wrong with like liking something you should find enjoyment that at least someone out there will find enjoyment in this you know it's not one of those like how should i say there's like there's like really terrible movies that people just enjoy but like sort of just sort of just like they enjoyed but like ironically like the room it's like let people enjoy what they want to enjoy especially if they're fans right yeah it's sort because i know there's some fans that are just gonna be upset i don't know because from from what I've gotten out of the theater, I remember some guy asked me, like, how, what's my opinion on it? I said, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. And then he proceeded to tell me, oh, I, I just, and he's like, yeah, it was all right. He said, I wish I had a bit more action, which confused me because I'm like, okay, so I, it was sort of like, if you wanted action, I would have suggest watching like two or, or three. And this one did have a decent amount of action too. It had a lot more than expected. And... He was like, oh man, yeah, he said, the last time I was in theaters, it was uh, it was 10 years ago. He said, I was watching Hunger Games. I said, man, you should have been watching like a Marvel film or something. Like, if you want action, like, watch something else. Like, Top Gun probably has more action than... than what was it the third have. Hunger Games, the one with no action? <laughs> no, it was it was uh, the first one. Oh, wow. There was mm-hmm. no action in really in that I, I don't know, I'm not... I like the second one a lot, though, but... Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> but as, as for me... For Dominion, as me being, I, I love this franchise and I love everything about it. There's some things obviously I dislike about it, and there's some things I uh, would write off or change, or some things are just yeah, that wasn't the best. But I still enjoyed most of it, and most I would say most. If you talk to a Jurassic Park fan, most of them are really chilled. Most of them are are honestly like really chilled. They're just like yeah, we like the franchise, and you know they may have 
different opinions on it, but I think at the end of the day, any fan franchise and any fan base should just be like, yeah, I didn't really like that part of the franchise, but you know, if you like it, that's okay. Like, it, it's not going to bother me. Like, just let people enjoy whatever they want from a franchise. It's like people always, like, are down on Attack of the Clones, but, like, that's still... I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Still more infinitely rewatchable and enjoyable than most movies that have come out since Attack of the Clones. So it's like, if you're a fan of something, you're a fan. Yeah, it's just like... You just let people enjoy what they want. And, and like I said, even, like... Because I, I rarely hear anything about Attack of the Clones, honestly. Like, I don't get much feedback on that one i love that movie people either talk about phantom of the menace or uh, like either say phantom of the menace was the was the worst one or it's underrated or they say that the third one is 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 overrated or it is obviously the better of the three but no one ever talks about attack of the clones i love all of them i'll talk about attack of the clones <laughs> <laughs> i I'll, i want to see dominion at some point though i i haven't even gotten around to seeing like top gun maverick yet i i just saw the new james bond uh, but I did watch that X-Play video uh, that they had on G4 about all the Jurassic Park games. And I was like, I haven't asked you how you actually felt about the movie yet. <laughs> because you're like the biggest Jurassic Park fan I know, aside from you know who else. <laughs> uh, that X, that was an X-Plays? There, there's yeah. one opinion. I've, I just got a bone to pick with that one. There's just one. <laughs> I'm just like, that, that is the most cap opinion I've ever heard. Where I understand... Is it about the music in yes. the SNES? Yes, saying the, the, the <laughs> NES version has better music. I said, have you heard the Jurassic Park and Super Nintendo soundtrack? It is, like, amazing. It's it's one of the best soundtracks ever. Even though that game is, like, whatever, it's, like, okay, that soundtrack is just amazing. It is very cool. And the music is very good. You know, speaking of, you know, Jurassic Park and, and, and Richard Attenborough in, in, in the first one, I did watch Prehistoric Planet on, on Apple TV, which is a very cool nature documentary mm-hmm. about dinosaurs where, I don't know, I just enjoyed it. I, I think that's a very highly rated thing, but I just enjoyed it for being like a cool look at dinosaurs. You've heard of that, right? I did hear about it. I know some people were very excited to uh, watch it. Um... Yeah, it was very good. I, it took me like three weeks to get through the five episodes, but like it was very well done. The CG was good, mm-hmm. but... It's a nature documentary. It's not anything like super duper action packed or anything. I, I would say what at the end of the day, what m- most of the other Jurassic Park films do better than I guess what most people would want. It's like if what I feel like some people want a movie where people just have the go around and like fighting these dinosaurs, which is not the point of you know the Jurassic Park. Franchise. I mean, we're gonna talk about a game where you could live that fantasy out yeah. in, in game form today. But I guess it's like final opinions that I think what people need to understand is that. At the end of the day, these were these were animals that lived millions of years ago, and they're animals. They're not movie monsters. They're they're gen. They're like, yeah, like you can look at a lion can be a threatening animal, but at the end of the day, it's an animal. It has a pack and a family, and it does its own things, and it doesn't it doesn't proceed to hunt humans. It's just if it's there, it's there, but it's not its main diet. Sort of where dinosaurs are at, where it's just like, yeah, the dinosaurs they're animals. Like they're not gonna go out and like. That's I guess that's the plot also this movie is what to do with the dinosaurs is like people are our fear or like oh they're they're gonna hunt us down but it's like it's not they're not really hunting you it's just it's nature and nature will just do what it does it, it hunts and it survives. You know what else hunts and survives? Our new double decker combo meal at the markers of the markers on the map meal. Uh, get it the now. The meals on the map. <laughs> you get a <laughs> plastic toy of green Bidoof. Oh. They're finally putting all green Badoof in toy form. In this toy is a, form. This is a game changer. 
right in time for the end of not E3 week, aka the Summer Games Fest, right here on Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure, where today we are going to tackle that Microsoft Bethesda conference and other stuff that happened in the week. And if we have time, we might talk about a few things that we've been playing here and there. Um, I was like, I I almost don't want to talk about the conferences because I've been enjoying PS Plus too much, but we do need to, yeah. we, we, we have set a third part aside um, for these conferences. So as usual, my name is Daniel, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, massive fan of Jurassic Park after that long discussion <laughs> intro we had. Robert, how are you doing? Same old, same old, you know, nothing much has changed. How have you been this week? I'm pretty good. I have noticed uh, that I underestimated the summer release schedule because there are, like, four things that I'm probably going to get that come out this week, mm-hmm. but then it's all done until end until of July. Like, yeah, so it's kind of July. like, why did they Why didn't they just spread this out over the summer? Why does everything have to come out at the same time? Like Sonic Origins, uh, Pocky and Rocky, Capcom Fighting Collection, Fire Emblem Warriors, Fall Guys is dropping, Neon White mm. I still haven't played. I, I mean, I've been getting through Shredder's Revenge. I beat it like two times already and I'm playing as Casey Jones. It's exciting, but we're going to save that for when we have a lot of time for games because there's a lot I have to say about that. But... We do have some conferences to look at that we haven't got to yet. And picking off from last week, we are going to look at the Microsoft and Bethesda conference. Now, we knew going into this that it would be less CG trailers and more gameplay. Um, It was about 95 minutes. I did feel like the presentation might have went on a bit too long and could have cut a few things out. But overall, I thought as far as like showing actual gameplay of things, it it did a better job than Jeff's show, which was largely CG trailers and CG trailers is what we see a lot of during E3 time. So it is nice to get maybe five minutes of gameplay of your game, but you got to remember, show the exciting part, get us hyped to play it. Like stealth sections that they show in a lot of gameplays, like I'm not saying they did this time, but a lot of times before they've showed stealth. They showed Modern Warfare 2 at the Summer Games Fest, and it was just such a boring segment that they showed. Um, So I feel like Microsoft and Bethesda kind of stepped it up with what they were showing. Maybe not necessarily the content of the game, but like I think it was a well-done I have no, yeah, most most of the time E3 is really just there's no gameplay. It's mostly just CGI trailers. I never realized that. But yeah. looking back on it, yeah, um, it's mostly just like where where it's sort of a, just an announcement trailer. Yeah, so I mean, this time they totally knocked it out of the park in like showing the gameplay of the games. And they started with Arcane's Redfall. Now, Arcane, there are the Dishonored people and the Deathloop people. Deathloop being assumedly a timed ps5 exclusive but Mm -hmm. this is their vampire co-op shooter that can be played as a single player game probably immersive sim-esque not fps like in general but like an immersive sim from arcane i think it looks just fine i wasn't super impressed by redfall yeah uh most most of the time it's at least for me, I could say most of the stuff is just—it's just fine. It's okay. It's there's some there's gonna be some people excited, which is that I don't mind if you're excited for it, excited for it. But for me, it's just—it's okay. It's all right. But most of the Xbox Bethesda showcase is honestly kind of forgettable. It's sort of just like I, I, can't I did find a lot much. of it to be forgettable, yeah. and, and not just because we're not playing on 
Xbox, I think the biggest thing to come out of this is still the fact that, like, every game that they showed is, like, a day one Game Pass game. With the exception of Diablo 4, I'm thinking that might not be there yet, but that's exciting. Mm-hmm. But I'm not super drawn into Cause at least 80% of what they're showing. It's because they even said that they actually have some third party that's going to come out for other consoles, but it just, most of it just wasn't, it was most of it was genuinely forgettable. As for Redfall, though, immersive sims i'm starting to think that it's not the genre for me it's a lot of stealth mm-hmm. and i i mean death loop was good once they gave accessibility options so that i could change it into an action shooter but um so far i'm not sold on on redfall mm-hmm. uh, hollow knight silk song is an exciting one for people this is something we thought we'd uh, see at a nintendo direct um just an announcement trailer that it's coming to Xbox. There's still no release date for this. I'm I'm assuming it's still a ways out because the development yeah. for this has been a long, long time. It's like a Super Meat Boy where the, it's been announced, but it's in development for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. Super Meat Boy Forever. They showed it like games done quick for like three years yeah, straight. Yeah, it was three years straight. <laughs> and I was just like, man, when is this game actually going to come out? Actually, speaking of long development cycles, I was reading an article, I think either kotaku or ign or both uh, were talking to studio mdhr they do mm-hmm. cuphead and they said they didn't care how long the development cycle for the dlc took they weren't going to put their developers through crunch and i said you know what i'm gonna start going with that mindset on everything i don't care how long a sequel to a game i like to come comes out don't put your developers through crunch i don't care no. if god of war doesn't come out until 2025 don't put the developers through crunch. No, yeah, don't don't do crunch time it just it always leads to to worse you know it, it's always just worse when it's super crunch because they don't take their time to actually make sure everything's working yeah I'd, I'd just rather have my games made with love and not under stress so i'm i'm, I'm in for that cuphead dlc that if I wasn't going to buy it already, which I was, that solidifies it. That that choice to say, I think the quote was, who cares how long it takes? And I'm like, dang, that's so dope. <laughs> Forza Motorsport is coming. They kind of showed off their graphics and weather and cool stuff like that. And I'm over here just playing GT7, which, I mean, this is basically the Xbox version of Gran Turismo, except this one comes out like every other year mixed in with horizon which is admittedly getting some cool hot wheels dlc but you and i have both played (laughs) the actual true hot wheels game at this point so i'm like not even (laughs) oh man that hot wheels that game is so weird i don't know if i enjoy it or i don't don't know how i feel about it it's it's i have a mixed opinions on it it's like it's good gameplay but i don't know if it's good I don't know. It's just like, we'll get to that game a different type of that Hot Wheels game. I got mixed opinions on it. Yeah, we'll, we'll put some more time into it. Actually, playing the multiplayer is actually kind of really fun. Um, even if people do uh, uh, make use of some uh, shortcuts. Plague Tale Requiem got shown. That is something I always kind of shied away from playing because it's heavy on stealth but something i'd always be curious to hear your opinion on i think they gave the first one away on plus so i don't know if either of us would ever get around to playing it um, but it always very much looks like an impressive like graphically impressive from what i hear about the story it's something i'm not interested in it's i def- hear it's very depressing and that's yeah, i think what drives that's, me away that's where i'm like i rather <laughs> we've talked about this before haven't we yeah on the, on the it's show just like even. i don't know if i'll maybe it's just sort of like i don't know it's uh, yeah it does sound like it's a downer i completely forgot about that yeah that's what i'm like i don't know how i feel about that one it's just like i'd rather play something fun yeah 
something else that's come back from the depths is that weird-looking, spooky first-person shooter Scorn uh, finally oh, getting released. Man. I forget if they dropped the actual date, but like it looks pretty did. intense. I think they did. Uh, that one was announced. Another one that's been in development forever. That one's been announced, I think, longer. I remember hearing about it before Super Meat Boy forever. Jeez. Yeah, that one's been um, that one's been it definitely for a while. It definitely didn't Weird. look like a fun it's a, time, but it definitely looked game. like a game and a half. <laughs> it's a unique game. You have to have the right maybe mood or mindset or just yeah. so like kind of maybe like like Plague Tales. Like it's a you had to have to be the right mindset to play it. Definitely looked like Doom, but like if Doom was very frightening, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, this one kind of came later in the show, but I have it up higher on the list because I just want to talk about it. Persona games are coming to Game Pass. Five mm-hmm. Royal, three Portable, four Golden. That's all well and good. Favorite games ever. Probably my top three favorite games ever. But they're also coming to PlayStation, baby. Man, I just... Yes. It's like... <laughs> That with the Persona games, it just is just like why can't companies just re-release these games on all physical media, modern modern times, and just and just have them just work on those physical media? Just because you know, there's a bunch of games that we would. It's like, like Atlas to is always making those awkward decisions like that. Atlas gonna Atlas is what people say, but I'm like, you know, these games would sell if they just put them on everything. It's not like they'd be taking a risk putting Persona 5 on, like, the Switch or something. See, I'm going to write a, a very, not mean, but a very enthusiastic letter to Limited Games to release, a, you know, a certain game on the SNES back on modern consoles. I know which game you're talking about. <laughs> They're gonna, they have to release it physically. I don't need them to. I'm going I'm to I'm message You know them. Limited Run Games does release games for SNES and like N64 and all that. So. They do. What was it? Dear Glover? Limited Run Games. Glover's coming to N64 yeah. from them. Yeah. That's weird. That's super weird. I wish it was coming to Switch. But Persona games on the PS5 all in one place. I think the three portable and four golden are native to ps4 but 5r should be running 60 frames on ps5 excited to replay all three of them in terms of top 10 games i think these are probably my one two and three so that's exciting uh diablo 4 i i don't necessarily have anything to say about this because you know the whole activision blizzard thing Mm -hmm. i just hope there's some changes in that company and Diablo 4 looks pretty good, but right now I'm playing Warhammer Chaos Bane, which is Diablo minus Activision Blizzard. And honestly, we'll, we'll come back to Diablo 4 if we hear some good news coming out of Activision Blizzard. But right now, I, I just wanted to use yeah. that to, to mention that I was playing a Diablo game <laughs> that's literally... The the equipment menu on, on Chaos Bane is, is like the same wheel. It's pretty funny. Um, but... That's not made by Activision Blizzard. Ravenlock, I think that was the one where you were saying people in the chat were saying this looks bad, but both of us thought that it looked like fairly interesting with like the voxel design of the world and like, you know, kind of like the HD 3D thing that they had going on. I hardly, I, like, I don't remember what type of game it was, but I remember being impressed by the visuals. I, I could, I could, but like, I guess it's, it's just one of those things where it's like people think, 
bad graphics equal bad aim. Or if it just doesn't look like your type, they have to like be like, oh man, you know they, you know this is bad. Like just let people have their. I think what most people understand at Game Fest, you just gotta let people have their turns at what's being announced. Like yeah, it's not gonna have everything you want. But then again, if it did have everything you want, then would it be really fun knowing what's like what's new? Not like I guess something new that's not meant for you is meant for someone else. Like you know what I mean? It's just kind of like you know let people have what they want. Let the the reason turn. I always say that it's nice to show a handful of indie games at the big conference is because they might otherwise get ignored by the general public, and that's not cool when a lot of these indie games have so much heart and soul put into them compared to your normal AAA fair full of battle passes and microtransactions. The indie games is where the heart seems to be at right now. I think they're yeah. in a good place. Or, like, even the smaller teams, maybe, like, not even indie, but, like, smaller teams or smaller-scale projects on, you know, from, from PlayStation Studios. I imagine Returnal wasn't, like, the most massive thing. It ended up being a AAA roguelike that is, like, beloved by, by people who have played it. So, yeah, take a chance sometime on these games, guys. Gunfire Reborn, that's one that's been in early access on PC for a bit. Borderlands, but Animals. Oh, also yeah. roguelike. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Here's a genuine question. Is Borderlands the first to do looter shooters, right? It's the first one to ever do it. Yes. Now, there was one looter thing that had some kind of shooting in it a couple years before, but it was not your FPS RPG thing that Borderlands becomes. So Borderlands is the thing that kind of spawned this genre that so many games have tried and failed to successfully copy since 2009 when Borderlands came out. Um, the closest one I can think of is, is Destiny, and yeah. Destiny is a live service game. So. It's it, it's a, one of those things where people would, say, would rather say Destiny with animals, where it's just like... I get it. You may not like Borderlands, but there's it's like sort of like there's something before it. Like Borderlands was the first to kind of do it. So any game that's like Borderlands, examples Destiny. All Destiny is is just a space Borderlands, which Borderlands. I mean, did go to space. when I played Destiny one day one in 2014, all I could think of was this is just like Borderlands. Yeah. Destiny now so many popular. things are like it. It's how how do I say this? It's sort of how how do I put this in a way that's just like. People compare it to this game, but this franchise was first. Was Medal of Honor first before Call of Duty? I believe so. So because Medal of Honor had like PS1 games, right? Yeah, so it's like Medal of Honor is the first to do it, but then Call of Duty just was the more popular one. So people are like, oh, it's just like this game. It's like, well, technically this game was the first one, so it's ripping off of that one. I almost feel like Battlefield came out. I think so. I mean, I know Battlefield came out before Call of Duty, but I almost feel like it came out before Medal of Honor, but I've totally not done any research on that. It's one of them. Basically, it's that example where Destiny became that one, but it's just like, there's there's a franchise that did it first before they did. So you could always go back to Destiny when you're looking at live service games that are trying to be live service and be like, well, Destiny did it first. I mean, obviously, it's not the first service game, Mm -hmm. but it is the one that everything seems to be copying. Yeah. But Gunfire Reborn, I've always wanted to play that from the first time they've shown it, but I, it, there's no indication that it's coming to anything that I have, so I'm kind of fine just sitting and watching. Also, roguelikes, I'm getting kind of sick of those, so uh, there's that. They announced Wolong from Team Ninja. Now, I've been reading, think of this as probably like Neo plus Ninja Gaiden, maybe a combination of both, probably a Souls-like in that regard. Mm -hmm. People are very excited about this because Neo is very beloved. I always found Neo to be 
extremely difficult and something felt off about it to me versus uh, like Bloodborne or Sekiro. They said Neo, I thought you were talking about The Matrix for a second. No, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, not, not that Neo, this Neo. Okay, there's a bunch of Neos yeah. everywhere. Someone, mm-hmm. someone out there is Neo. Neo Genesis. Exactly. Neo Revelation. <laughs> just go off the Neo whole Discovery. rest of the episode just saying Neo things. I'm forgetting my favorite. Neo Destiny. There we go. Neo no, Destiny. Those, <laughs> no. those are the names of Pokemon trading card game sets for <laughs> for when Gold and Silver trading card game came out. We basically just got a CG trailer for this. Yeah. Though, so, I mean, I guess it's hype to get excited about it, but I'm more or less looking forward to whatever's planned next for Elden Ring. I'm sure they're working on DLC for that. Now, this next one, I don't really care about. It's called High on Life. It's from the creators of Rick and Morty, and I'm not, like, going to play this game or anything, but I just threw it on the list because it's a game about your weapons talk to you, and one of them is voiced by J.B. Smoove. The one and only J.B. Smoove. The one and only J.B. Smoove. Oh, he's he's awesome. He's amazing. I love I love all the things he does. Like every, It's so Me funny too. how he's, he's one of those people where... I, I've said this before, where you finally recognize someone being like, they, you know, they, you know, they were really in a lot of things, and then the, they start being in more and more things. You start recognizing them. I was like, oh, that's that's so and so, and that's this and that. That's JB's move. Where I'm just like, oh, he, you know, he has been in a lot of things. Actually, he's been for for he's a while. He's been in cartoons, TV shows, games like GTA Five. One of those iconic uh, voices where it, it, it's not, it's like, you could tell that's him. It's like, there's no way that's not him. That that voice is only one person can make that voice, and that's him. But uh, you know what? Scrap this game. Make a JB Smooth game, baby. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where I'll say this. I remember I watched the first season of of I guess Justin Roiland's first famous show because he's pretty sure he worked on a bunch of things. But we'll just say this. Uh, it's definitely based off of Rick and Morty, the the humor and style. I watched the first season. And I'll admit, I th- I found it pretty entertaining. I think it wasn't the best, like, Adult Swim show. I think there's, obviously, there's a lot of other shows I find more was enjoying. Was this Solar Opposites? Because, is it the one with the aliens? Because I'm like, that that was the one that I think was in the cartoon cart game with Family Guy, American Dad, and King of the Hill. Solar Opposites. Solar Opposites. I'm pretty, I'm maybe. But all I know is that, basically, that, obviously, once you see this style and you recognize who's working on it, you can kind of tell who it is. This My point is... I watched the first season. I thought it was pretty good. I thought, uh, you know, maybe it has, it, it, it sort of, it had its moments and it didn't. But like I said, there was other Adult Swim shows that I preferred. It's like, there, there's some better ones out there. But this is not a bad show. And it got really big with season two. But that's why I feel like it, it kind of, their writing just kind of went down. Where hmm. season two was like, yeah, it's pretty good. But then season three was just like. I don't know what happened. The writing just kind of shifted. I don't know if it's different writing team and the creator left. It's one because that happens a lot where the creator yeah, at least like to work happens. on other stuff and then just like they only do the voices and then like it's just a different writing team. So you know maybe if this is from the actual like one creator because it's sort of like when you get the person who makes original things and they do their own thing when they, when they're doing their own thing their stuff is technically better than most of the stuff they left for the writing team like uh. Remember, uh, I remember Ted was all right, and that's from the same creator, you know, Seth MacFarlane. And then, yes, uh, MacFarlane. Millions of Ways, you know, his Western flick. It was pretty all right, too. Like I said, most of his stuff is pretty all right, but, you know, the show just. I, been I'm going enjoying, on like, speaking of Seth MacFarlane, I love how this turned into that, but Seth MacFarlane does a Star Trek show called. Yeah. It's like a Star Trek parody. Originally, it was like 
heavy on comedy now it's gotten more heavy into drama called the orville um the new season has been going on past couple of weeks on on hulu that's really good show and that yeah. only has gotten better with with each of the seasons so, so like, it's guess, very impressive it's like if, if the writing is just based off justin Roiland, i might give this one a shot just to hear jb's move it's one of those things where if it's on the plus description i wouldn't mind giving it a shot and playing it it's like you gotta play it for jb's move right yeah that's kind of like <laughs> I, I, if it's if it's you know the original writing it's just one writer and it's jb's move i give it a shot my little note on the on the uh topic list for this one is just jb's move jb's moves yeah <laughs> Minecraft Legends definitely looked like a mobile game, as you said, um, from the trailer, the CGI trailer, and then kind of didn't look super duper impressive to me. This looked like a action RPG version of Minecraft, which, I mean, technically isn't Minecraft already. I mean, it's a rival action RPG, isn't that kind of, I mean, I guess this one half plot, maybe like stuff, but like it doesn't seem like there's much you could do with it they had dungeons and that's a diablo like and i thought that mm-hmm. was pretty cool i've not played it but the idea is there but like something like this just seems so close to what you're actually doing i don't know it felt one of like those uh like some mobile games it didn't, it didn't feel like a, a genuinely new franchise people have been been working on it just looked like a, a mobile game that's meant for consoles i guess you could sum it up as minecraft but context mm-hmm maybe i guess yeah like maybe the story is there but it's just simil- I mean, so similar this minecraft story is your story you just make it whatever you want to be there is a story but yeah. you just make it your story if you need a little push for the story i guess here's minecraft legend we could be totally wrong about this i i don't know what we i got be. from the trailer but that's what i'm assuming here <laughs> arc two i don't think we got much of that but I'm going to just have Arc 2 on the list here to remind listeners that that could have been Turok. Oh, it could have been. It could have been Turok until the Arc logo showed up. There was nothing that that was was saying for sure that that wasn't Turok. It had everything. Dinosaurs. Alien weaponry. Uh, Vin Diesel could have been the protagonist of, of Turok for, <laughs> for, for next gen. But it's Arc 2. And to which I say, you know me in survival games. I'm not. I'm not the biggest. Fan. It's one of those genres for me. Uh, Arc two. Uh, never play the first one. I know it's one of those weird games. Well, like it's. Meant I know to it's be well liked. It's well liked, but not like not weird like in a bad way. But weird like it's weird, but it's fun. Weird like just kind of like a Saints Row, where it's it's meant to be one thing, but it just does it in an over top way. But you know that's what's the fun part. I think both of us have the game from Plus. I just don't think we've ever. <laughs> played it even yeah yeah i i mean it's a survival game and if i know something like that going in it's like if there's heavy stealth mechanics in your first person shooter game or if there's crafting and modding and it's like an emphasis of the game i'm kind of like out at this point it's I'm, sort I'm not of like, a huge um, fan of stuff like that another one that's like a the forest is in one of those survival games and honestly it was all right it was pretty good but what kind of made me stop playing it was they kept just adding more and more dangerous enemies at night and you really couldn't prevent them from tearing down your base so it's like what's the point of setting up a whole base system if these monsters are just going to come like it's too it's too much it's too often like they're there like too heavy on survival elements yeah it's like it's way too much where it's like i can't explore i can't set up a base like here's the thing i can't have my base set up if i can't set up my base if these creatures keep just coming around and just tearing down things i I remember being excited for tribes of midgard and then playing through it it's like no this kind of feels like don't starve but uh vikings 
so I remember dropping that really quickly. It's really what I'm worried about with Cult of the Lamb, but I have faith that it's going to be good and that something about it, something about Cult of the Lamb, even though I think there will be elements of this in there, is, is driving me to really, really, like, want that game. So mm-hmm. I, I believe I expressed the sentiment last week when we were talking about Devolver. I'm like, this could be a type of game that I'm not really big into, but I do want it very much. Um, the last thing they showed... Oh! We gotta talk about Hideo Kojima. He's working on a game with Xbox. Do we know what game it is? No. No. But he's working with um, Xbox on something? I'm not with cloud lie. streaming? <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie. If... I, I know PlayStation has Death Stranding, and I know I know you enjoyed it, but the, this new game that he's working with Xbox for, it just sounds too cool, and I'm just like, man, why couldn't we get this first? I wanted this one. It's, it's a horror it's, it it's game by It almost feels like it might be exclusive, too. That's what I'm saying, like, oh, like, I rather would really want to play this, which I doubt it will be exclusive forever. Eventually, it'll make its way to the PS4 or I mean, PS5. Death Stranding came to PC. Yeah, it'll, it'll make its way there, but it's just like, man, I really wanted a horror game with Hideo Kojima. Come on now, because you know what, what really put in that idea in my head, like, oh, a horror game with Hideo Kojima? That could be crazy. PT, right? Yeah, I mean, it was PT. That was supposed to be his horror game. It was supposed to be Silent Hills with, with Norman Reedus, but that, that idea ended up becoming Death Stranding, of which I consider... I don't remember when we did top 10 PS4 games. I don't remember if that was like three. It might have been three. It was um, high up there. Yeah, it was very high up there. Um, very enjoyable game. Bananas plot. Do want a sequel. Would love <laughs> to wa- learn how to walk again um, with playing Daryl game. Then we got their big showstopper here. Mm. And my thoughts on it are a bit mixed. So Starfield is coming next year from Bethesda. This is the spiritual successor to, say, a Fallout 4 or a Skyrim. This is a Bethesda open-world RPG. It takes place in space. And it's kind of weird when the first thing I can say looking at a trailer for quite possibly the most hyped-up game in recent memory is this looks like No Man's Sky. (laughs) It's... here's, Here's the thing about that. And just the whole Bethesda is, for some reason, I just, I personally am not that much of a Bethesda fan. And it's not even like, oh, it's because Xbox owns it. That's not even true. Like I said, if, if no, that... No, no, they've, they've done PS games for years. Yeah, it's like, if that Hodeo Kojima game is an Xbox exclusive, I'm generally going to be just like, ah, oh, this is like a cool game. But it's one of those things where I just, I'm not that big of a Bethesda fan. And also, like... I think the only game I, I enjoyed was like Dishonored, which was like the first one. I'm that's not Arcane, really too. Yeah. That's not oh, even that's... Bethesda Game Studios. Oh, see, it's not even them. So it's just like it's, it's published sort of... by Bethesda, but I think it's just Arcane. Yeah, so it's like it's, they didn't. So it's sort of like they they're hyping this this whole franchise, and they're they're hyping this game really really hard. Like, oh yeah, this is gonna be the next thing. But when you when you show it, and people just say it's just it's just No Man's Sky with 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 uh with combat with like very and heavy no man's combat. sky has combat yeah it's like but like obviously Just this will have that. heavier <laughs> combat but yeah this will have a bigger plot than than no man's sky and i'm sure there will be billions of different dialogue choices and character decisions you can make a la fallout new vegas or you know oblivion or skyrim or stuff like that but the problem i have with it is that it looks like no man's sky 
which was it, it's an indie game from 2016 mm-hmm. that has more of a like identity to it than the, what they showed from Starfield. Yeah, Starfield was it, it it's the same old but here's the thing is they've been hyping this game for a while but it still just looks like Bethesda game in space. It doesn't look any different from any Fallout game or anything like that. It's just yeah, it may look you know prettier or nicer the graphics look like whatever but at the end of the day the dialogue the way the characters are written the way they're animated is still bethesda fallout game where it's very robotic the animation is very robotic it doesn't look clean like hand-drawn animation or just like anything like done by hand animation wise i'm glad that we are talking about the microsoft conference this week because um, remember when we were watching it, I was saying, man, this actually looks pretty cool. I'm kind of impressed by this. I'm, I'm like, oh, I would want to play this. But over the week, I've been thinking about it, watching the gameplay, looking at some screenshots, reading some interviews. And I'm like, this doesn't quite hit the mark for me. No, I've I've, I've tried to play like Fallout and stuff like that and other Bethesda, and it, it just doesn't work for me. So I'm just like, I'm not interested in Starfield at all in, in the slightest. Like the one Another thing is I'm not into the whole space thing. I'm not into space that much, honestly. I'm not like the biggest space guy, so that wasn't gonna get me into it. So it's like it's just a lot of things where I'm just not interested in it. I did read that the travel between planets isn't seamless, like No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big part of what makes No Man's Sky so uh, cool is that you fly off the planet, you're in the galaxy, you fly through the galaxy to another planet. In this, I believe it's just a cutscene when you like land on the planet and everything. I mean, that's not a problem when you're mm-hmm. doing a narrative-based game. Um, they tout a thousand planets, and I did believe I read somewhere that Todd Howard said that there's some procedural generation. I don't know if it was Todd Howard or somebody that worked on the game. Um, like, well, No Man's Sky does procedural generation. Um, so... I'm thinking if you want to live out a nice space fantasy where you have to use a laser beam to to get some rocks off the wall and then build a base because No Man's Sky also has base building, then by all means, why don't you go play this lovingly developed indie game that has just become this massive thing over the past eight years or six mm-hmm. years? <laughs> yeah, I, I see nothing in, in, in Starfield outside of, of the more complex story where you can roleplay your character um, that, that No Man's Sky doesn't have. And if you want to roleplay a character, I, I've been checking out New Vegas. That is mind-boggling in its role-playing options. And, like, if you look at Fallout 4, I feel like Starfield will be more like that, where it's more limited in scope. But, I mean, no, no, nothing's for sure until the game comes out. Technically, how, how do I say this? The people that made, like, here's, and here's another thing is people are like oh man i really love the bethesda games but they'll name drop like new vegas and three and stuff like that aren't like isn't the student that made those like didn't they leave like is, aren't they their own thing now like they're making their well, own new vegas was obsidian and they went on to do the outer worlds and remember that's also getting a sequel yeah so it's sort of like i hear most people enjoy new vegas and three but mostly most of the time people enjoy new vegas they're like oh, i really love new vegas new vegas is really fun and they're doing their own so even the the studio that made i guess bethesda's biggest title that people talk about to this day they moved on and done their own thing and so yeah like, it's, I, I think bethesda game studios did skyrim and oblivion and i think they did fallout 3 but i you know in discourse new vegas is always the one that comes out on top when you compare it to like three and four four people generally didn't like 
I, I guess it's one of those I'm not just because it says like Todd Howard, I'm not impressed by it. I'm not impressed by most of the stuff it showed. It's like you see the Bethesda Game Studio logo and you're like, hmm, this isn't getting me, you know, excited as something as seeing uh, like a Kojima Productions logo or even a Nintendo logo would get. It's like, yeah, it's not It's not like it's like, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto or, or Hideo Kojima. And I think it would be fair to say to people who are excited about Starfield to keep that in mind that this is an RPG, not your typical run and gun shooter. Don't go mm. into this thinking it. I'm like, remember Cyberpunk? Like, people didn't Got expect that to be as heavy idea. in the RPG elements that it is and it just be a straightforward open world shooter. That's not what Starfield is. This is going to be very dense in mechanics and probably like eating something to refill one health point at a time and crafting and doing all kinds of stuff. It's like, I, I would just rather play No Man's Sky. <laughs> I guess to wrap it up on, on Starfield, um, it's probably... I don't know how I feel when they're revealing the giant biggest quadruple a massive gaming project ever taken on by a company and what they're getting is this looks like no man's sky um who's Mm. to say it's just i saw it and i'm like i can live with this not being on playstation yeah no harm no foul if if xbox bought bethesda for eight billion then they can have starfield it's It's, fine (laughs) it's sort of if i heard xbox bought like sucker punch i would just be like that's so devastating that's like that would oh, be devastating man. it's that like would if they got blue po- yeah it's like oh are you serious like that's a really good like company i mean there that's was like- a time when xbox had insomniac and they mm-hmm. did like sunset overdrive which always looked fun to me <laughs> but Still um, exclusive yeah for some reason there there are certain companies it's like it's like there we go sucker punch is one of those logos when i see sucker punch logo i know i'm in for a good time yeah doesn't matter if it's infamous or ghost of tsushima i know it's gonna be cool but yeah that was the Xbox conference. Um, Capcom, at theirs, we talked about the Resident Evil stuff last week. The, they also had new information on Sunbreak, showing off a lot of the new monsters, fan favorites like mm-hmm. Gormagala are coming back. A lot of content planned for that. I'm still iffy on if I'm going to get that, but guarantee if I do, we'll talk about it. If I don't, then this might be the last Monster Hunter news in a long time. They also showed Exoprimal. Now, I said this looked pretty interesting, and it reminds me of a game I'm playing from Capcom right now called Lost Planet, where you do have to, like, shoot a bunch of stuff. You're, like, shooting Dynasty Warriors levels of dinosaurs in this game. What I think the drawback is going to be is that this is co-op based, and I'm starting to get a little sick of that when it's not something, like, super refined like a Wonderlands, a Borderlands, or a Destiny when you, when you go to co-op stuff. I'm, I'm starting to feel the stagnation sitting in with, with mm-hmm. games like that. I don't know. It's it's sort of I I I love Capcom. They they they've been doing pretty all right. But there's also other things. They're on a roll, but then they they have bumps on that roll where it's just like, well, why really do that when you could just kind of do this? Where it's sort of why not just make Dino Crisis four? Dino Crisis. Just make just no. I I don't even make four. Just just remaster the first two and see. Oh yeah, do like an RE remake style Dino Crisis game. Just see how well they do, and if they do financially well for them, I can see them now doing sequels where they saw how seven really went, and it did it did very well. And then they did two remastered, then three, then eight, and they're saying like, "Yeah, we're on a roll right now. Now we can do like four remastered." Where that one would be like the one that I think could was like, "Yeah, it would make 
you know, a lot of money, but let's see if we can make money off of this first before we, we drop this big one. And that's one thing they should do with Dino Crisis, where let's see if we can do a, a remake of Dino Crisis. And, and then see, like, okay, there is a fan... Because, it, like I said, it's one thing for people to say they want it, but then when they have it, you know, let's see how well it does. People can say they want a Dino Crisis remake, but if it comes out, are they going to actually support it and buy it? Yeah. So I think Capcom should, should take the role. I, I think they'll still make a good profit back but they should obviously still see how much they could potentially make later on but they should just make like a down crisis like remake is i don't see why not for Exo like primal this. it does feel like they're going down the route of like oh we have to jump on the co-op shooter bandwagon mm-hmm. to which i would say like no you don't this could have easily have been dino crisis you have a character that looks just like regina in this game yeah it's just like i don't know it's one of those how should i say it's like when 3D movies were a thing and everyone had to be 3D, but it's just like oh, it phased yeah. out super quick. It's just like no one yeah. really does 3D anymore, ever. And and I gotta say, the gameplay looks cool, but like if I'm going to have to rely on three random people online to do some kind of like guard this thing no. objective, it's like, why not just go play Gambit or something in Destiny? And at least in Gambit, you could throw down the coin and say cabal on the field yeah i can't i can't do with i don't know it's just sort of randoms don't have because it, it, no matter what type of game you play when you play with randoms you always just have that one guy it could be everyone come into this area i'm telling you dude that one evil dead the game these people will not focus on the objective yeah like i get i get scavenging i get it but don't scavenge for 10 minutes the demon is getting levels like crazy when you scavenge for 10 minutes and it, by the end everyone's dead <laughs> I think that's the main problem with a lot of games that imply co-op with strangers. Is like, uh, even with friends, it's still a problem. Like, I remember Siege. Obviously, I was, like, big into that. I've stopped playing because just, like, no one focuses on the main objective. It's like, everyone, the objective could be secure this or obtain that, but no one cares. And they'll just want to play it like it's a, any old other Call of Duty game. Just like, that's just not fun. Like, play the objective. Like, they'd rather have bragging rights of, yeah, you look at my KD. It's very high. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty yeah. good. But then they'll be on the Sounds losing Sounds like Iron team. Banner a few weeks yeah. ago with Rift, where people just treated it as, like, team deathmatch when you're yeah. supposed to be grabbing the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but, yeah, your team still lost because, you know, you didn't do the objective. Like, this team actually tried to do the objective, and they won that way. Because you can win. And it's sort of like when you how do I say this when when you don't play the game by the objective, you're you're gonna lose in the long run. You'll have short victories here and there, but in the long run, when you're playing against a team that not only can obtain and hold their own, but then also know how to obtain the objective, you're gonna lose. It doesn't matter how good you are at your your KD or whatever. It's just like you're you're gonna lose. Like I said, that's what is gonna is gonna feel bad about this is that you're gonna get randoms. If you play with randoms, they're not gonna do the objective. They're gonna want to do their. I own like thing. games that I like. If I have to play with the randoms online, and of course that's a thing with multiplayer games. I, I like simple objectives. That's why I would always stick to a team deathmatch versus or or like a capture the, you know, base like capture your points A, B, and C stuff like that. Like stuff that like doesn't involve anything complicated that's why i can't get into any of those like tactical shooters like a siege or something like that but it's my point is these games should have the option where if it says everyone at this location at this spot if the majority is there and they want to say proceed without the last person it should give a countdown to the last person you have 10 seconds like to do a strike whatever right? you're doing yeah where, where like, it'll zip you along if somebody's yeah, ahead of you on the strike basically, and, and like, like i like how there's a lot of destiny to comparisons this week <laughs> Yeah, it's like, just like, just go there. Just like, just continue with the game. So, 
that's something that's coming out. It does look impressive, but will it feel impressive? I'll wait for impressions. Um, they are having like an open beta. I didn't sign up for it because I've got way too much I'm playing right now. But uh, yeah, big news happened shortly after. So remember at Capcom, they announced a Dragon's Dogma 10th anniversary event, mm. um, but no second game. Well, they announced a second game and didn't have any gameplay for it or anything. But at the same time that they announced the second game, Square Enix had a stream. And Square mm-hmm. Enix announced the follow-up to Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And it is the second in a confirmed trilogy only on PS5. And that's not even the best part. Like, sure, that's big news. Hype. There exists a game for the PlayStation Portable. Only ever released on physical media. Never digitally, never re-released, nothing. Called Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII (laughs) is getting a remake called Reunion that is coming out this winter on, like, everything. Mm -hmm. PlayStation, Xbox, I don't know if it's on Switch or not. But for me, aside from, like, Persona 3 Portable, that is, like, the defining PSP game. It is also a Final Fantasy game that is not afraid to just be a full-on action game. And just, like, I love it. And so that is some impressive and exciting news for me that that they would bring back this i went and found my copy of it on psp just to make sure mm. i still had it i'm like i better still have this but that's exciting i i i found it funny that the square enix stream and the dragon's dogma stream were going on uh at the same time but i mean for its fans that dragon's dogma uh news is big but for me personally that Crisis Core news is, is bigger than Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which does look very cool. Um, I'm excited to, to figure out where they take that story in. If I ever replay the first one, uh, I'll talk about it on here. But Summer Games Fest. Seems like it's starting to calm down, although there are rumors of some other things happening towards the end of the month, particularly from Nintendo and Sony. And actually, Nintendo announced a Direct. But it's a title Direct for Xenoblade mm. Chronicles 3. So I'm waiting on that general Direct here. But while we're waiting on that general direct, we could uh, check out some Pokemon Drip and read this Nintendo Direct rumor cleverly placed on my desk here. Uh, So for this week, we're going to look at Sabrina. She is a psychic-type gym leader from the Kanto region's Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu, and Eevee. Uh, How are we feeling about Sabrina? I I personally think that I like the red-black-red-black. With like the blue palms and the blue shoes with like her psychic Here, powers. Here's what I'll I'll say. I think the the trainers have better designs and are more fun than to, the main to, characters. Than the because I I think the reason why they do that is because they don't want the the main character to have a certain design because I think they're trying to keep it as plain so that anyone can can design them however they want to. Yeah, and if they can't, that's design how they, they it, went least... full on with that in the in the recent games, letting you change your clothes and yeah, everything. It's sort of like when when the character is not unique to themselves, then you can put your you can put your own head cannon to your main character. If they're just kind of they're not too plain, obviously they're not just a white cheated character, but it's sort of like you you know they have a design they have a name but they're not too out there compared to like the trainers where they have their distinct personalities they have their distinct designs and i really do like the designs of the trainers so far they've all been pretty like they've all been pretty good for me i i enjoyed a lot of them the color schemes the the styles their, their haircuts to the clothes they wear it's all it's all just really great now 
I am looking at the, the most recent design for Sabrina, and I gotta say, it's weird that this is my least favorite design for Sabrina, and it's a testament to how we'll probably go back and look at, like, the Heart Gold Soul Silver versions of these specific eight gym leaders from Kanto mm -hmm. later on, because her drip from Heart Gold Soul Silver is, like, top level of all top levels. But, like, Sabrina really is one of those it. trainers that's just, like, fan favorite, very cool-looking definitely strikes me as somebody who would be like using the psychic type mm -hmm. so i'm gonna say five badoofs out of five yeah i i i'm saying all the all the late all the latest ones we've been doing they've all been really good i enjoyed them these redesigns are pretty hype from let's go they're 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 all not my favorite of these characters but they are pretty good redesigns now nintendo direct rumor really small writing on this one on the back it says you just don't get it. But on the front it says, there is a rumor that there is a Star Wars game that's kind of similar to Marvel Ultimate Alliance. And to me, that's very exciting because in Ultimate Alliance, you select from, you know, 50 different heroes. You make a team of four. You can use special powers for each of them, level them all up, and you fight waves and waves of enemies in kind of like a top-down Dynasty Warrior style. And I think something like that, I'm surprised something like that hasn't been done with Star Wars yet. Unless I'm missing something, but I don't think it has. You remember the last time we played a Dynasty Warriors game? Yeah. It, it's like, it's too visually noisy, I guess. I mean, <sighs> I they've asleep. always been just like, relax and unwind fighting against millions I of think enemies. It's too to I never got deep into the like, customization. I fell asleep. I was like, what? Maybe it was late. <laughs> too relaxing. I fell asleep. I was like, what? What? But I think uh, Ultimate Alliance, at least from 3, has given more of an emphasis on dodging. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like multi uh, Ultimate Alliance 3 was very difficult. More difficult than it had any right to be when your generic random enemy could knock down, you know, Iron Man with, like, a single punch. So I'm hoping something like this Star Wars game would be easier. Mm -hmm. I don't know. See, the reason I play Dynasty Warriors game is to unwind. Because there is, is always these, like develop your weapons or put these skills on this and like i did it with age of calamity i'm like you know what i don't care what skills on this as long as it makes my damage go up <laughs> and i i only play it on easy it's like i just enjoy the idea of like i'm going around with the sword mowing down thousands of enemies mm -hmm. but ultimate alliance games and what i'm assuming the star wars game will be um put more of an emphasis on actually making the characters feel like the characters using specific skills and abilities instead of just swinging a weapon there are definitely like like in ultimate alliance you have miss marvel who could like use a giant fist and like spin around and do crazy stuff like that um i definitely feel like a star wars game like this would work yeah it, it, it could probably work it, it, it i don't know it depends uh maybe that one time we played a wars game i was on the right mindset i don't think i was like trying to wind down i think it was already chill and it just like was too relaxing but you know it was also share play and there are yeah. warriors games on on ps plus premium I mean, look there's like 10 of them <laughs> are the ps3 or the no some of them are ps4 <laughs> like four of them are ps4 four or five of them but like i i've been playing the fire emblem warriors demo and that game comes out this friday so i'm kind of ready to get back in sucked back into the warriors mm -hmm. thing for a week or so and then i'll be like yeah i had my fill but uh you could have an appropriately star wars name for this you could call this star wars rise of the light good good name for a nintendo switch star wars exclusive so 
Alright, main Summer Games Fest stuff. Can't believe it took three episodes, but here we are. Definitely no time to talk about games this week, but we'll, mm. we'll try to have some of that for you next week. So for right now, Robert, would you say we've done an episode? Yeah, that should wrap it up. Uh, overall thoughts on Summer Games Fest this year? If I was going to grade everything together, I would say that this was a B- minus year. Um, I felt like the state of play was probably the highlight of, you know, what we've talked about these three episodes because it hit us with the triple threat of Resident Evil, Street Fighter 6, and whatever the last one was. It's sort of, I give it a very high to low B. It's in the middle for me. It's sort of like I had some really good things and then some okay things. It wasn't terrible, but they were okay. Oh, Final Fantasy 16. There we go. But yeah, I think I think we 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 have pretty, I think we have a pretty similar rating uh, of this overall. Yeah. Um, not the strongest year of quote unquote E three we've seen, but definitely like it was fine. Especially for like how it's like, I think last year was pretty was pretty surprisingly well compared. You know, because after what's been going on, it was surprisingly very well. Yeah. Um. So I guess what's left to look forward to is whatever's coming from sony in the future and maybe that general direct that general direct come on nintendo um and also uh next week we got to talk about sega and music so uh (laughs) for right now we want to thank you so much for listening and you can follow us on our twitter at markers on the map and listen to us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and our podbean site and we'll be back next week hopefully talking about some games that we've been playing um plus and all that cool stuff and turtles seriously play ninja turtles uh, but for right now, there's not much left to say, except for, yeah, you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that the real Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Later.